Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. This past Wednesday night, I shared something with the church that took place in my life a long time ago. And as a part of that story, I shared the plan of salvation. And at the conclusion of the service, I was shocked at the response that I received from that. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get a lot of response. I just It was a little bit of response, but the little bit that I got was very shocking. One thing that happened at the conclusion of the service Wednesday night is a, uh, a, a beautiful young woman here for the first time uh, after we said the dismissal prayer came forward and told me it was her first time here and that... Uh, uh, she had heard the message and the plan of salvation. I asked her if it spoke to her heart. She said yes. I asked her if she was ready to receive Christ as her Lord and Savior. She said yes. And so she and I knelt at the altar, and she prayed and invited the Lord Jesus Christ to come into her heart and to be her Savior. And that was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. But I will tell you this. That was not shocking. I expected that. When, when the plan of salvation is shared, it doesn't always work out this way, but when the plan of salvation is shared, I expect the power of God to accompany that and to touch hearts and to draw people, and I expect people to get saved. So that was wonderful, but it wasn't shocking. Here's what was shocking, and that is three people. One person told me, and two people told somebody else. Three people said on Wednesday night that they had never heard the plan of salvation before. Three people. And, and I was thinking to myself, how in the world could that be possible? How could it be possible, not just in this church, but where we live in America and in this county? How could that be possible? Well, I don't really know the answer to that, and I'm sure all of us share some of the blame. But I did know after Wednesday night that I needed to stay on this subject for a while longer. So for those of you who are following us through the book of 1 John, uh, we'll be back next Sunday or at least soon. But today I have to follow what I believe to be the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I want to begin by telling you a story about a man named Larry. Larry and I were both taking night classes in Tallahassee many, many years ago. And uh, that's where I met him. And we, we found out we had a few things in common. Uh, we were both young. We had both been recently married. We were both pursuing the same vocation. 
uh, and we were seated side by side uh, two nights a week in a class in Tallahassee. And so I got to know Larry, you know, not real well. It was a casual acquaintance, but still I became very concerned about him. And I started praying and asking the Lord to give me the courage to share with him my personal testimony and perhaps maybe even the plan of salvation and to maybe even pray with him to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I prayed for several weeks. Uh, I know you may see me up here and think I'm this brave person who never stops, but boy, uh, in those days, uh, that was difficult for me. And so uh, I prayed. Now, one of the reasons this was probably going on with me was because in our church here in this county, my pastor was teaching me and our entire church the importance of knowing the plan of salvation. He was, he was teaching us how to share the plan of salvation with others. Now, this past Wednesday night, I shared with you about a challenge that he gave us to memorize the plan of salvation so that we could share it with others, and that was a wonderful experience, but the story I'm telling you now was even before that. We were just learning the scriptures, where they were in the Bible, how to present them, how to present the true biblical plan of salvation of how a person comes to Christ. That's what I was learning, and probably that's one of the reasons that it was on my heart. And I was being taught that on Sunday and Wednesdays, and now here I am in a class, and I've got a a man beside me, and I want to know about his spiritual condition. I want to know, is he saved? I want to know, is he going to heaven? And, And not just that, as I had something that was rich and wonderful and beautiful, I wanted to share it with him and so I was, I was praying, and our pastor had taught us in those days something that I think is very significant, and that is that he taught us that if we would share the plan of salvation with others, we could lead them to Christ. And if we would take time to study it and to learn it and to present it to other people, that if we would do that, God would bless it. And he taught us that if we would do that, souls would be saved and lives would be changed. That God would do a a wonderful and beautiful work in the lives of others. In other words, what God has done for you, he will do for others if you will allow the love of God to flow in you and through you. And one of the things that he taught us, and I'm going back a long time, but I learned a lot from this pastor. One of the things that he taught us And that is that the power to change lives is in the good news itself. It's not in us. It's in Him. It's in the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The power to change lives is in the message, not the messenger. And that's something very important. It's something that set me free back in those days. And I hope and pray maybe it will set you free because the truth be known, most of us feel like we are unworthy 
Most of us feel like that we're not capable. Most of us feel like we're not good enough. I mean, after all, I've got all these struggles and I've got all these problems and I'm trying to get my own life in order and I'm trying to keep my own nose above water. Who am I to be out there sharing the love of Christ with somebody else? Who am I to be telling somebody else how to live their life when I'm dealing with so many things in my own life? And our pastor was real dogmatic about this. It's not you. You're the messenger boy. You're the witness. You're the testimony. Nobody ever gets saved because you're good enough. They get saved because he's good enough. Can you imagine? Yeah, go ahead. Come on. Can you imagine walking up to somebody and saying, I've got something for you. I'm just the delivery boy. But somebody gave me a check for $100,000 and they asked me if I would bring it to you. And what if that person said, well, wait just a moment. I'm not sure I want to receive that. Are you worthy to bring that to me? I, I don't know if you're good enough. I don't know if I can accept that. And you may say, well, well wait just a minute. You're missing the point. I'm the delivery boy. There is a source that wants to bless you, and I'm standing between the source and you. I'm bringing the delivery. All you have to do is accept that you don't have to endorse me. Are you with me? And so, so this is what our pastor was dogmatic on, and that is that if you wait until you're good enough, you'll never do it. If you wait till you feel like you're worthy, you will never do it. If you wait till everything in your life is perfect, you will never do it. But if you fall in love with Jesus and you know that what He's done for you, He can do for others, and the Spirit of God moves in you, you, as imperfect as you are, can deliver a perfect message to somebody who desperately needs it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me give you the Scripture. This is a real good scripture to write down. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now the word gospel means good news. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the, say it with me, power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. You see, the power is in the good news. And when you share the good news with people... You're trusting God to do what only God can do. Inherent in the message is the power to accomplish what the message brings. And so, so, for I am not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. There's power in the good news. And if we'll deliver the good news, God will use it. These are some other scriptures that I learned as a, a young Christian, I wasn't even a pastor in those days. But Daniel 12.3 says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I won't ever forget my pastor saying, The real stars don't live in Hollywood. The real stars or those who turn many to righteousness. I never forgot that. 
And, and then Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. I want you to know this is a worthy calling. I want you to know this is something that we should be doing. We should be sharing the plan of salvation. We should be soul winners. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Oh, we're ambassadors for Christ. We've been called. We've been commissioned. We're carriers. We're, we're to be the voice and the hands and the feet and the message of God that goes out to a lost and dying and dark world. We can't all preach. We can't all teach. We can't all sing. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> we can't all play in the orchestra. We don't all have the same talents and the abilities. But all of us, and I mean that all of us, if you are a child of God, all of us are ambassadors for Christ. All of us are to be out there sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We are all to be soul winners. Every one of us. Psalm 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do I have a witness in the house? Has anybody here been redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Come on. Come on. What, what if we just stop? What if we just set up camp right here? What if I took a mic? What if we walked all around this building? And what if I said, raise your hand if you've been delivered from the hand of the enemy? Tell us your story. There'd be those who would tell us, I've been delivered from the hand of the enemy that had a stronghold of anger in my life, or a stronghold of unforgiveness. I've been delivered. Or maybe alcoholism, or maybe drug addiction, or maybe pornography, or maybe some type of immorality, or maybe a love for things that are not of God. I've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. Here's what the Bible says. If you have been delivered from the hand of the enemy, then you have a responsibility to say so. You can't be quiet. You can't fade into the background and, and, and take a quiet road to heaven. That's not what God wants. God, God wants you to share the good news. I read this article recently, and it really caught my attention, and this to me is... Shocking. There was a whole long article. I'll just give you one quote out of it. Here it is. This is from George Gallup. It says, North America is the only continent where Christianity is not growing. Wow. The article went on to say that everywhere else in the world, the church is growing, even under severe persecution, even where it's against the law. In countries where it is against the law to be a Christian, where those who are found out, who have converted over to Christianity, if the authorities find it out, they will drag you out of your home and they will take your head off in countries where they are persecuting Christians. The church is growing. 
Bobby said, can somebody tell me why we have 300 new students in the county? Can somebody tell me why a nation that's free to serve God is in decline, the churches are in decline, and where they're killing Christians, the church is growing. Oh, friends, the reason that this article gave, I'm paraphrasing now, but you see if you agree, says the reason the church in America is in decline and the reason the church around the world is growing is because in America we no longer have the cross and Christ and a life-changing salvation experience at the center of our message. The article went on to say church is more about us than it is about Christ in America. It's more man-centered than Christ-centered. Oh, friends, I tell you today, there's something about the plan of salvation and talking about the cross and what Jesus did and souls being saved that takes the focus off of us and puts it on Christ. There's something about being a soul winner. There's something about trying to help people that makes all the difference in the world. You thought I forgot about Larry, didn't you? (laughs) I didn't. So, one night, I prayed all the way to Tallahassee. God, give me the courage. Give me the strength. We had a three-hour class with a five-minute break right in the middle of that three-hour class, and I had me a plan when we break I'm going to ask Larry to step outside with me, and I'm going to be, to be very quick because I'd only had five minutes. So I'm going to share with him my plan of I mean, my personal testimony in about 45 seconds, and I'm going to take the rest of the time, share the plan of salvation with him, see if I can lead him to Christ. So that's what I did. We sat through class. Teacher said, okay, break time. Be back in five minutes. I said, Larry, I've got something very important I need to share with you. Can you step outside? He said, uh, yeah, what is it? And I said, man, it's just very important. I need to tell you. We stepped outside. I was shaking like a leaf. He said, man, are you all right? And I said, well, I think I am, but I, I, I got something I got to share with you. I have no idea what he thought was going on with me. But anyway, I said, Larry, a few years back, the Lord touched me and forgave me of my sins and healed me and changed my life. I'd like to tell you how he did that, if you'll listen. He said, well, sure, tell me. And I said, well, the first thing comes out of Romans 3.23. And it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And uh, and you can, you can just write these down. Romans 3.23, for all have come short of the glory of God. Oh, I said, Larry, every one of us, every last one of us, I said, you, me, Billy Graham, (laughs) everybody you know, we've all come short of the glory of God. And I said, even though you come short, God loves you. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody you know has sinned, but there's a God who loves us. I said, Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I said, Larry, do you know 
that God loved you so much and Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to go to the cross? He was willing to shed his innocent blood? He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God? But God commended, he extended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I said, you're a sinner and he died for you. But I said, Romans 6, 8, I mean, Romans 6, 23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. I said, Larry, what you and I deserve is death. But I said, the wages of sin is death. But thank God it doesn't stop there. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I I said, Larry, what you and I deserve is death and hell, but God wants to give us life and eternity with Him. He wants to give us a gift. I said, Larry, if you get a gift, you can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. And I said, but you have to receive it. You can reject a gift. And so, so I said, Larry, can I share with you how to receive that gift? He said, sure. I said, well, John 6, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. I said, Larry, a lot of people will tell you you can get saved anytime you want to, that when you make up your mind, you can come to Christ. But Larry, that's not true. I said, the only time you can come to Christ is when he's drawing you. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And then I'll raise him up at the last day. And I said, Larry... I am hoping and praying that the same Holy Spirit that put you on my heart has also been drawing you and speaking to your heart. He didn't say a word, he just shook his head. I knew then God was dealing with him. And I said, and this thing about being worthy, I said, you don't even have to worry about that because John six thirty seven says, all that the Father gives to me shall come to me and he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I said, that's the Bible way, that's the biblical way of saying that no matter what you've ever done in your life, if the Holy Spirit is drawing you and you will respond to the drawing of the Holy Spirit, he said, I will for no reason, I'll for no wise cast you out. I'll receive you. I said, now, Larry, are you ready to, you ready to hear what you need to do? He said, yes. I knew already at this point he was going to get saved. I knew already. I said, here's what it says in in Romans 10, 8 through 13. It says, but what saith that the word, the word of salvation is nigh thee, close to thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I said, Larry, do you know what that means? That means that salvation is not down at that church at that altar. People come to the altar but don't get saved. I said, salvation is not in this Bible. Now I have my Bible with me. This Bible will tell you how to get saved, but salvation's not in this Bible. There are people who read and study their Bibles their whole lives and never find salvation. I said, salvation is not at the church. Salvation is not in something you do or some work that you accomplish or getting something out of your life. I said, Larry, you need to understand that salvation is close to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whosoever believes in him shall not be ashamed. For the Jew and the Greek are both the same with the Lord. He is the same Lord who's rich unto all that call upon his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said to him, I said, Larry, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead right here in this parking lot. We were in the parking lot. I said, you can be saved. And I said, are you ready to do it? He said, yeah. He said, tell me what to do. I said, well, it's real simple. I'm going to give you one more verse. Revelation 3.20. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, by the way, that's that drawing power of God again. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. I'll have a meal. We'll have a feast together, the scripture says. And, and he said, that's all I have to do. And I said, well, you have to repent of your sins. You have to believe that God raised his son from the dead. You have to ask him to forgive you. But that's part of opening the door to your heart. If you'll open the door to your heart, he'll come in and save you. He'll come in and change your life. I said, if I lead you in a real short prayer, would you be willing to do that? He said, yes. Tears running down his cheek by now. I took him by the hand. We prayed. And he gave his heart to Christ. And he got saved. He got gloriously and wonderfully and marvelously saved. And, and, and I got to tell you, by the way, we never did go back in. We, we, we didn't make the second half of that class because there was rejoicing. And we were thrilled together. And I rejoiced all the way home. I cried all the way home. I was singing praise. I couldn't wait. We didn't have cell phones in those days. I couldn't wait to get home and tell my wife that I'd led somebody to Christ. I couldn't wait to get home and tell my pastor I'd led somebody to Christ. And I knew he would really appreciate it because the last time I'd witnessed to somebody and got them ready to receive Christ, I didn't know what to do. And I went to his house at 1 o'clock in the morning and got him up. And drug him out and took him to the person and he led them to Christ. That was when he said, I got to teach you how to close the deal. <clears throat> I, I, I got to teach you how to finish. And so for the first time in my life, I'd led somebody to Christ. I shared the scripture with them. I shared my own testimony. And then I led them in a prayer and there was salvation and it was glorious and it felt so good. I don't think I ever felt better in my life. And I tell people all the time, if you want something that feels almost as good as your own salvation, lead somebody else to Christ. Oh, joy unspeakable and full of grace. Well, I couldn't wait till the next week. <clears throat> and uh, when I'd get back to class and see Larry, and next week I showed up at class and Larry wasn't there. I asked about him. Nobody knew anything. I thought, well, he's just sick. Both nights he was out that week, and then the next week I went back, and he was gone. And the next week I went back, and he was gone. And all my joy and all my excitement just turned into brokenness. I remember driving home that night thinking, what did I do wrong? How did I mess up? Was it something I did? Was it something I said? Did he feel like I pushed him? Did I put too much pressure on him? Did he do it just for me or did he do it for himself? Was it genuine? Was it real? Lord, it felt so real. It felt so genuine. What happened? 
And I want you to know I grieved over that situation. And then I started trying to find him and I couldn't find him. Nobody knew anything about him. I'm, I'm going to tell you, at one time I actually thought maybe he was an angel and that God had planted him there just to test me to see if I'd obey and share the plan of salvation. But th- that was way out there and I couldn't quite get my brain around that. And so, so I tried to forget it and I tried to do a better job witnessing in the future. Uh, about a year or so after that, God called me into the ministry And I knew then that I'd spend the rest of my life preaching and teaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I started preaching at different churches. And a little small country church invited me to preach a revival. First night of the revival, I was sitting on the front pew of the church and the choir filed in. And I looked up in that choir. There was Larry. There was Larry. I had big tears running down my cheek. I was so excited. I looked at him. I'd, I, I'd laugh and smile and he'd look at me and he'd, I know people thought we were crazy. I, cause I was just so excited and both of us were remembering a wonderful night that had taken place a long time ago. Child of God, do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember how good it felt? Do you remember how wonderful and glorious it was? Do you remember the victory, the joy? Do you remember the peace when it felt like a ton of bricks were lifted off of you? Do you remember that first moment when you really knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that you were going to heaven? That Jesus Christ was with you? Oh, friends, that's a wonderful time. I want to ask you this morning, Isn't it time we get back to the cross? Isn't it time we get back to Christ? Isn't it time we get back to salvation? Isn't it time we get back to Christianity being all about Him, being Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Isn't it time we get back to the cross? Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're you're thinking, yes, pastor, that's what I've been wanting you to do the whole time. You're missing the point. I'm not talking about me up here, even though I should do that. I'm talking about you and me and everybody else in this church doing it out there. Getting back to the cross, getting back to salvation, getting back to a Christ-centered life where Jesus is truly Lord of lords and King of kings. Let me say it this way. He's Lord of lords and he's King of kings and he's Lord and King over my life. And I live for him. Isn't it time? Over a hundred years ago, a songwriter penned these words. A hundred thousand souls a day are passing one by one away without one ray of hope or light with future dark as endless night. They're passing to their doom. A thousand million still are lost and a Savior's blood has paid the cost. A thousand million still are lost and a Savior's blood has paid the cost. Would you bow with me in prayer?
Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.